0: Thank you, Will Cooke and also, hey, shout out to these booths up there, great uh, job on the phone up there as well, and, of course, it came up, so, uh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, you know, this time of year, one of the things that I really enjoy about this time of the year is uh, the season of all of these great Christmas movies, you know? I thought today well, just to kind of set us off. I'd like you to just you kind know, of shout out your favorite Christmas movie. Okay, what 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 favorite Christmas movies did you have? Christmas Vacation. All right. What else? A Christmas Carol. Okay. All right, yeah. All right, what else? What was that in the back? Die Hard. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Somebody you know, mentioned somebody's it last night. I'm going, Die Hard. Is that a Christmas? Yes. Okay, the lights. Yes. What's that? It's a wonderful light. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was, I was helping uh, Mark Ponder hand his Christmas lights the other day, and uh, I noticed says I'm handing these lights uh, through the window it's a wonderful light that's on in the TV inside. She said that Christina's wife, uh, you know, ha- loves that movie. to has it playing all the time. There <laughs> are so various, various movies that uh, really are favorite. I think uh, uh, we also read and it's got one of the most classic ones of all time that I say every one of And that is, it's nice. put night out for learn your beef. You know, every one of us seems like that, that can be used. But uh, for this series here, you know, the one movie that, a uh, Christmas movie, that really seems to stand out for me is the movie Home Alone. Okay, so Home Alone, you know, past the Christmas news. And um, with Home Alone, just, just to refresh your memory, we've got Kevin as the main character, eight-year-old Kevin, who is part of his family that is just in chaos as they prepare to leave town on vacation. The and then it's the chaos that they forget something. They forget Kevin. And he's left Home Alone. Now, if that isn't bad enough. For an eight-year-old kid to be left home alone, well, now he finds out that there are two thieves who are planning breaking into his house. They don't know that Kevin is home alone. They think that the whole family's gone, and, and it's time to break into the house. But Kevin doesn't want to let that happen. He doesn't want to let them come in and steal his family's valuable. Family. So he comes up with all kinds of different things that he does in preparation for them coming in. And you know, that's things that wind up being hilarious in the movies. I mean, things things like, you know, taking water and pouring it on the set so that they turn to the ice and they slip on the set. Or taking the heating element from the barbecue grill and handing it on the front door and then, you so when they touch the door and that they wind up burning in the hands. Or uh, taking some tar. I mean, how uh, the kid comes up with this stuff? I don't take tar with uh, shingles and um, nails in them and, and put them all over the set. Now I think that the, the the most amazing thing in this movie is that this kid is actually able to clean up the house by the time the family gets home. And <laughs> or, you know, when a lot of eight-year-old kids it's tough enough just to get them to make the bed, but you know, he cleans up the house by the time that the family gets home. So he goes through all of these generations to try to prepare for the scene coming that night. And with Kevin, Now, when you watch this movie, you probably never thought about this before. But one gives is, a great lesson. And prepare for Jesus' return. Because Jesus says this about his return. He says, No one knows that day nor hour when he's going to return. Not even the angels in heaven know the sun, but only the Father. Therefore, keep watch like hell. Because you he do not know on what day the Lord will come. But understand this if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not let has all to be broken into, like heaven. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect Him. So with this, with this example that, that this, really is the parable that Jesus is giving about His second coming, He is the one who's the next of the sea. And he's using this example first and foremost, a terrible first and foremost to say, you don't know what hour that that be tender. But you will really know that you want to protect the valuables, so you will protect by covering. The fr- first lesson there is the unknown about when thieves will come. It could be any time. And, and in that day, in that day, you know they, they didn't have certain things that we have today to guard against. And today you know, many of us here might have burglary alarm. You know, certain burglar lines. You know, you know, in our house we've got a burglar alarm which seems to be something that touches us as the homeowners every time. I mean if we go away on the trip and we set the burglar we come back and as if they set the thing and set the thing off, it seems to be set free back. But you know, we burglar burglary lines. or you can call the police. You know, if if uh, somebody's breaking into your house. But so in those days, of course we didn't have such things as a burglary loans, we didn't have such things even as police, uh, well, at least not the common people in a way, you know, it's controversial things that have been going on in these days is that Christ is defunding the police. Well, in those days, they didn't have that because they never funded them in the first place. Well, if you want to protect your valuables, you you've got certain things like that, but in those days, if you want to protect your valuables, you would have to be the one to protect them. You would have to be the one to fill up all night, if necessary, because you didn't know when the Jesus came in and was a protector, I tell him. But still, well, even with that, and I think this is more tedious than simply just simply saying, you know, we don't know when Jesus came back. And after all, why use this character of a thief? And we can talk about, you know, the suddenness of Jesus' rich family with many different things. I don't know, using, you know, using the energy of this way. you could say something like, uh, you know, you're walking around Samaria, and all of a sudden, your scandal breaks. You don't know what's going to happen, and there it is in the most inconvenient time. But Jesus uses this energy of the season, and the season, and the story, and for Jesus. What's the weak point? I mean, a thief is not somebody that is uh, admirable, reputable, or somebody that people don't like. Some, some, somebody that, you know, people do not want around And yet, Jesus is comparing Himself to a thief. Why would it be? What did the thief do? Well, you know, normally, as long as I'm talking about movies, one of the movies that's for me here is the movie Dennis the Mess. Which is, I think, is my wife's favorite movie. Not a Christmas movie, but in the movie uh, there's this burglar who blows into town in this nice you know, suburban-looking neighborhood, and he is filthy dirty, and he's an inside man, and this guy just looks at his and then and then the image of him going into people's homes and, and uncovering their valuables and having these dirty hands going through people's jewelry. And, The things that women would wear around their necks and things like that—it's like, oh man! But this is the thing that thieves do—they uncover your valuable, they uncover what is valuable to you, bring it out of the hiding place and into the light of day. That's what thieves do. So when Jesus comes back, it will not only be something that would be a a surprise to see women that would uh, be—we don't know the the details—but when it happens, it would be like a thief. Which means that he will uncover whatever it is that you've been thinking that you've been hiding these things, he'll be uncovering whatever it is that is valuable to you. And telling for the light of day what it is that he value. The question is, what is it that you value? What is it that he will find and uncover when he returns? Which well, may told another parable that um, I think helps him in this. And for all of us, if Jesus does not come back first, the one thing that we can guarantee is going to happen at some point in time is that we are going to die. And with that, either with Jesus' return or with our death, it, it becomes like a seed. So he says this parable in verse 12. He says, the said, the crop of the, crop, the ground, there we go, the ground of a certain rich man, produced a good crop. He that to himself? What shall I do? I have no place to throw my cloth. What a problem. And he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my vines and go good the line. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, Well, the You have plenty of good things laid right up for many years. Take my Jesus But God said to him, it's very nice if like, you'd like to be demanded from you who will get what you for yourself not you know the of the But when it happens, what it is that you value is uncovered, And the thing is, it's I an mean, egg on. It's like you away. It's just an intimate. One thing you've And that is your place in you. Now, for some people, that means that nothing remains, because they really don't have faith in the But come much here, you, know, if you are like heaven and you want to prepare for that time and the things will come and you'll uncover your valuables, whatever it is that is valuable to you, once you invest in the thing that remains, the thing that might end, what is it that is valuable in your life that's most valuable to you, what's you? Well, people did some illustrations as well in that, uh, in the uh, back the lesson that Doug led for us earlier, as far as things that we commonly have as values and wallets that can be the And the first one begins there with these words in Matthew 24, it says, Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and the other will be left. Two women will be grinding with a handmaid. One will be taken, and the other left. Again, a lot of people want to use that to try to point you know, geez, and use as much as soon as things like that, but so I think, again, there's more to it than that. That's all we've got to see. We've got a relationship here. We've got two people, and, and two people who are working. Those people that you work with, those people that you play with, a lot of them can, you can know, really, that they're not going and they're not headed in the same direction that you are. Yeah, and and that, that is not a good thing. You know, it means that you know, it's an opportunity maybe to share the good news with them. But for many people, many believers, what happens is, is instead they're not experiencing the quality of the person. Um, and my question is, why is such a value by the Why is it that you're so worried about their community? Why are you so hesitant to say something? Why do you value their opinion so much? One will be taken, and the other. Why do you work so hard for their approval? God's approval really is, is really what matters, you know. In life. That, that's really a value that really is important. Why are work so hard for their approval? And for that matter, even, even why do you work so hard for God to prove it when you already have God to prove it because of what Jesus did for you on Christ? Now, the next value to have is the value of God's for you, the value of God's mercy, the value of God's grace for you. When the truth comes down to you and you cover your values, you're going to find this value. God's Well, then Jesus goes on and, and, and talks about another one, where with this other one, again, you know, it's just an example of how we can have these misplaced values. And then of the values, and here it is. And this one, Jesus says, is one like this. He says, after the fact, he servants who, and he uses in a couple of different parables, kind of uses the same kind of illustration, where the material, in the material, a particular mountain goes away and runs journey. And he leaves him with certain responsibilities. He's going to be the representative of the master in his absence. But then he goes on to say, this, suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master has stayed away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servant to eat and, and drink with drinking. The master of that servant will come a day when he does not expect him and in an hour he is not aware of. So according to the pieces, when will find him a place of the hypocrites, where they will be weeping, the mansion, and peace. And what is interesting, the mansion? He's they it's all about me. I the my he didn't really value his master that much. If he did, what would happen is that the his value that, you know, we were given in our first example, is the value of God's love for him, to take to him, and that's what he's doing You know, at this point in time in the coronavirus, one thing I've noticed is that a lot of people are getting really tired of him. I'm getting tired of him. This is old. We've getting old. I mean, it's, it's really something that i and, and with that, a lot of people, I think, are sitting in your kind of are sort of conquered. And yet, if you focus on this value of God's love for you, it means that you're going to live one different life different way. It means that God's love lives in you. The love you're left to give you lives in you. It's just you. It's like, you know, the glass of water, the glass underneath the glass of water, and you turn the and you fill it up, and you keep filling it. And it just flows over the side of the glass. And that's when you have the value of Jesus' love in the water. It flows out from you because you focus on him, and you've got those value, and you're life differently. But sometimes, sometimes it's easy to tell. Even follow through spiritually. This is happened with the city of status that we meet up with in the Book of Revelation. And there is in the Book of Revelation, the first couple of chapters in that book, are, are these letters that Jesus is writing to the churches. And for me, it's some of the most meaningful part of the entire book because these letters really are to us as believers in Jesus even today. To and they're different things for different churches. These were people, real churches. That existed in what is now modern day Turkey. In those days, it was the Roman Empire. And there were these people that were kind of a call and visited by other apostles, And, and they were talking so about what it means to be a Christian in, in this alien environment. And with the churches that, that Jesus was writing to many times, he see in there that, that these people were facing some severe persecution because of these In some places, these people were given this terrible. Course, uh, 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 denying Christ, but saving their life, or standing for Christ and having to give up their life. And Jesus of these cases where people are really willing for Christ, even in a face of severe persecution. But in this one place, in inspired there's no mention of persecution. Why would that be? Because the believers in Spider. Have conformed themselves to the world around them. There was really no difference between them and this alien and around them. They didn't have the value of Jesus' love and grace in their life. They didn't live life differently because of Jesus. And as a result, there was no need for persecution. Jesus described them as having fallen asleep spiritually. When in the faith comes into God's house, these people won't be prepared at all because they don't even know that they're split. They think that everything is okay. Everything is fine. After all. They're part of the church. They didn't go once in a while. You know, the faith was once alive. At one point in time, they did believe. They did value Jesus and His love for them. They did value His grace and His mercy, but no longer. Now what happens is that these people who once were alive are now dead. Which is the opposite of Jesus. Jesus is the one who was once dead, but is now alive. He is the one who is resurrected from us. And these people in Christ do not know his resurrection from us because they are found it, they have failed for us. There's going no to be no words here when the peace comes. How much do you do? Is your spiritual state keeping you from realizing resurrection power? Because resurrection power is what brings new life to new deadness, a health, even to a hopeless situation. Because resurrection power raises the dead, takes what was dead, and makes it a line the resurrection power is what the disciples of John the Baptist found when they came to Jesus and they said, hey, just look around you. Look around you. The ground is Those who are free are set free. Those things that bind you no longer have an authority because of Jesus' resurrection power. You have that value in your life. Is that the value? the value that Jesus is going to find when he returns. Well, Jesus says this to those who do not know his resurrection power in Revelation. He says, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. But to those who do know his resurrection power, he says, I will never blot out his name, your name, from the book of life, but will acknowledge your name before my father's as a real and pure, with the spirit, says and So, in that day, what happened is that you appear before the Father, and Jesus said, I know this one. This one. When I will come back, this one, and I would uncovered the valuables in this person's life. To this person, God the love and power. God that means the resurrection power. He's now you, before the Father, before all of heaven, to the Lord of of the like eight-year-old Kevin did, knowing that the people of there's no time to wait. Now is the time for the dead to come alone. Now is the time for Jesus Christ. Now is the time to make him more valuable or valuable because he is kind like a king, a poor like a priest. O God, i